Are you often snapping at your kids and then feel guilty about it afterwards? Maybe they never listen to you or are continuously having meltdowns. Or maybe you're the one having the meltdown at times. (laughs) In today's episode of Marketing and Me, I'm chatting with Stephanie Pinto, co-founder of EQ Culture and the Let's Raise Emotionally Intelligent Kids community on Facebook about the importance of emotional intelligence. We also cover some strategies for improving the reactions and behaviors within your family because then you can start living in a happier and calmer home environment. We also talk about how emotional intelligence can be used in the workplace when you're leading a team. Because after all, being a leader and being a parent isn't so different. If you're ready to become a better parent, then put on your listening ears and tune into this episode. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you build trustworthy connections with their ideal clients. And I do this through engaging conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today I'm joined by my guest, Stephanie Pinto. Welcome, Steph. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Woo, thanks for being here. Uh, So Steph is an emotional intelligence coach who specializes in helping parents create an emotionally intelligent family culture. She supports parents in learning how to manage their emotions, frustrations, and stress so that they are happier, calmer, and connect more deeply with their kids, which is absolutely amazing. Um, She also helps parents raise emotionally intelligent kids who are self-aware and manage their emotions and behavior. She's also passionate about building kids' confidence and resilience. Yes. So, yes, yeah, so Steph coaches parents individually, runs regular workshops and group coaching programs. She also runs a monthly meetup group, hosts a YouTube channel, writes regular blogs all around the topic of emotional intelligent parenting. Uh, that's stephaniepinto.com and I'll put that in the show notes, of course. And I just added here as well, she's also got a great uh, rapidly growing Facebook group that I'm part of called Let's Raise Emotionally Intelligent Kids where she shares insights, strategies, and tips on how to cultivate an emotionally intelligent family culture. And just from some of the things you've shared recently, Steph, by the way, um, it's really just opened my eyes to some things that I, like bad habits I've formed in my parenting. And even just when you've shared something with your own personal experience with your kids, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really should do that more. (laughs) it's it's always yeah like I'm I, so yeah I met Steph via a local networking group for mom business mums and we hit it off straight away and yeah as a, as a parent of two young girls I'm constantly reflecting on my parenting techniques to like 
think, oh, what's best for them? You know, and think about me as well and my own needs because you have to put on your own um, uh, oxygen <laughs> mask first. But yeah, and as a business owner too, it's always about trying to find that right balance between what my family needs and business needs and what I need. Um, so I knew that I had to have Steph on today. I knew she had some great tips for all of you listening in uh, because your work may be going along smoothly, but maybe your family life needs a little bit of a little bit of um, TLC. So I'm hoping to, yeah, look into that today with Steph. So thank you so much for joining us. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. I'm so proud. I'm so glad to be here. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about you, your business journey? How did you get into this field of emotional intelligence? Yeah, it is a bit, of, that's the right word. It's a bit of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it always <laughs> is. We all have a journey. Um, yeah, I was not doing this for, um, you know, for a long time. I started out actually as a speech pathologist and I did that for 10 years. I was working with kids. I was working with families and, um, you know, in homes and in schools and things like that, doing a lot of work with um, kids' communication and language skills, obviously. And it was funny because the last few years of that, I just found this, um, I found that I was working a lot more around helping kids with their emotional regulation skills, helping parents um, navigate those like challenging behaviours um, that their kids were showing so it's really, it kind of morphed into, I was just working so much with emotional, social and um, behavior kind of um, skills, I guess. And also I realized that um, it was, it was kind of a long, slow, pro- therapy can be a long, slow process because um, of a number of different issues. But the, the main one is that we get, we got to see kids an hour a week or an hour a fortnight, and then we would send them back to class or back to their family. And it's almost like a drop in the ocean. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like trying to learn a language for one hour a week um, and do nothing until the next week. You just don't learn that. It's not that effective. So I found that I was beginning to coach parents and really help train them up with the stuff that I knew that was working, that was evidence-based and um, helping them to, I guess, um, I was building their capacity with with the parents to be able to have that toolkit of, oh, I know how to help my kids when they are going to melt down or when they are not going to bed on time, or when they're a bit defiant, so to speak. So I found that then once I was doing that work with the parents, things like it was much more effective, things just started to flow in their home, their kids were, you know, a lot less kind of um, up and down and emotional, um, um, and kids are anyway. So it's, you're right, the work does start with us, that we have to manage our own triggers and our our own emotions and um, not get so frustrated with our kids because they're just learning they just don't if you know I I said on the weekend I I was running a class and I said um kids um when kids can do well they do do well so if they're not if they're struggling with this defiant with that not sharing or or um clashing or whatever with their siblings it's because they just can't yet like they don't choose to be defiant or choose to be on the floor having a meltdown so you, you have to kind of um switch a bit of a mindset so Anyway, I got I got certified as an emotional intelligence coach, and I just started doing um, supporting parents and doing coaching and yeah, some workshops and um, putting stuff out online. So, I guess um, yeah, that's my journey. I love it. Oh, so. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so the emotional intelligence would come a lot into the speech in terms of like how quickly they improve because it's all the other factors happening at home. Is that how it kind of all tied in? 
Yeah. So communication is a, you know, if you think of emotional intelligence, um, strictly speaking, there's 26 competencies or areas within emotional intelligence. And they range from things like emotional self-awareness, behavioral self-control, empathy, communication is a big one, resilience, teamwork, um, leadership, like in terms of adults and things like that, conflict resolution, like you do kind of think of it as those soft skills, uh, soft skills, quote unquote, that just mean people are able to relate to each other better. They manage themselves better. They manage their relationships better because, you know, EQ or emotional intelligence is about knowing your own emotions and managing them, but knowing about other people's emotions and what that, you know, how that reflects in your relationship. So we've got to be aware of our kids' emotions. We have to be aware, you know, if we're in business, we have to be aware of what our customers or our clients might be going through and their emotions and their feelings so that we can better manage our relationships rather than just writing them off or thinking, oh, well, that's rude or, you know, just understanding a bit better. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, so my kids, they're almost seven and almost four. So they're, they're going through a lot of things. And like just example, just this morning, my my eldest, she was just very, um, yeah, just in a bad mood and, and just uh, I, I just kind of spoke, you know, usually I guess in the past I'm just yelled at going, just stop it, you know, just enough with it, just eat and just get over it or but today has went up, gave her a cuddle and said, all right, just tell me why, you know, why are you so upset about this? You're asking for something of your sisters and trying to claim it as your own. How do you think you would feel if she did the same for you? And just trying to get through, like, understand it rather than go, oh, she's being a defiant and being a pain today, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the other day, too, she also had a little um, tantrum, uh, threw her, all her bed covers off, like, the do- like it's bedtime and dinner, everything off, lying in her bed with all the sheets on the ground. I'm like, what's that all about? And then I said, go fix that up and then we'll talk. And then I said to her, you know, why have you been so upset? And And we worked out it was because she'd been disappointed. She was expecting her book club stuff to arrive at school that day and it hadn't. And then we'd gone to swimming lessons. I said she'd have a cookie and then the cafe was closed. And then I'd said, well, if you, you know, maybe we can have a cookie for dessert. And then she was just being so, like, obviously tired. I said, maybe the cookie's best for tomorrow. So it turns out she was just had all these disappointments and she was very frustrated that things, nothing was going her way that, that day. And I just basically just had you kind of in my head going, all right. So I sat her down and said, all right, um, you know, these disappointments happen. Tomorrow's a new day. You know, it's all part of life. And Yeah. And it sounds like she had all those, they're, they're called like setting conditions, right? There, there yeah. are setting conditions and then there are triggers. And the setting conditions are all those little extra steps of things that happen that make a trigger more likely to happen, which is her throwing the bedclothes off and like being defiant and saying no, whatever. So the trigger, uh, sorry, the setting conditions can be, yeah, like she didn't get the cookie. Um, the, the cafe was closed. The book club thing, um, delivery didn't come. Um, other things might be she wasn't feeling well. She didn't have enough sleep. Um, maybe some plan, other plans went out the window. All those things, setting conditions add up and she's more likely to then something happens and it's a trigger. And so just knowing that, right, knowing that stuff breeds that compassion and understanding because you go, oh, I have that too. As an adult in, in business, if this goes wrong, a plan falls through, the customer says no and I get and I think, oh, I was relying on that money or, you know, those things happen and then one conversation with someone on the phone triggers you, 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 you have to be aware of that stuff. So you go, oh, I'm probably not in the best headspace and this is how I need to manage it rather than you're right, just shouting at her and say, just get in bed, I don't care, whatever, like... <laughs> 
and that's so like that's just yeah when you're tired it's like let's do it um okay so just to define emotional intelligence or eq like mm-hmm. what is it and why is it so important i guess we're kind of starting to feel why it's important but what yeah. are your thoughts yeah, so the um, the strict definition, I guess, of emotional intelligence is that ability to be aware of your own emotions and those of others in the moment and to be able to use that information to guide your thoughts and your actions and your behaviour and to make good decisions. So it's really, there's those, you can see there's kind of those um, two halves of the coin, knowing our own emotions and managing them, but being aware of other people's emotions and managing the relationship like that way so and and the key part is in the moment right so to be able to it's it's hard because we're emotional creatures we're not creatures of logic we we do have emotions all the time running in the background um and they are we have to realize like i say emotions people kind of use to think of them as messy and fluffy and sweep them under the rug just get get on do your work see the client or get to school get in the car but um we have to now realize that Emotions are actually highly intelligent assessments of our inner personal functioning. They're data. They're giving us information. Like, you know, when your kids react to a certain way or when you're feeling a certain way, it's like a little red flag that goes, hey, listen up. Something important is going on here. You're feeling this, like, frustrated or you're feeling anxious. Listen up, pay attention. Something's going on and it needs to be addressed or a boundary has been crossed. So that stuff, if we... Like I used to squash that down. I, I wasn't even aware of it. Um, I wasn't aware of my emotions as like a, a kid and a teenager and even into my early career as a speech pathologist. And I I would not make good decisions. I would not, I had no confidence. I was not resilient at all because I didn't have that awareness. So yeah, EQ um, or emotional intelligence is that, that um, real just being aware of your emotions and using that information really like people, um, people in, you know, like CEO positions, um, um, influencers and leaders, they have EQ. That's the X factor because you can be good at what you do. You can be a great um, graphic designer or whatever it is, but if you can't relate to people and you can't manage your triggers and your outbursts and frustrations and, and the adversities in life, like when a client, you know, gives you a bad review, if you can't manage that, you're, you're, you won't thrive and your business won't. So it's it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah, very true. And so how do you know that, like, you've got a good level of EQ um, mm-hmm. or whether you need improvement? I guess maybe if you're snapping at everyone all day, every day, <laughs> then maybe you do. Um, <laughs> like, is there, like, how do you know, first of all, and then is there, like, a test or something you can do to measure it? Yeah, yeah, good question. There is a test. So we, um, you know, certified EQ coaches are able to um, administer an assessment called the Social and Emotional Intelligence Profile. So that's an SEIP. And that's, um, there are a few different types out there. The one that I use is that SEIP because it's, uh, it's the one that I trained under, which is from the Institute of Social and Emotional Intelligence in the US. And so that's a, um, it's, if you think of something like a disc profile or something like that, it's it's a it's a similar kind of questionnaire. Um, looks at all the different areas of emotional intelligence, all of those twenty six competencies or areas, and based on your answers, if you are honest and open enough, because it is a self rating kind of questionnaire, then you can get a really beautiful um, picture, a, a holistic overview of where your areas of strength are. 
um, and where your areas of growth are that you might want to work on. Um, but, and you know, so people like me can administer those um, and you can get results and have a debrief and a bit of a plan on what, what you need to work on. But also, you know, you're right, people, if you realise, wow, I'm being that snappy parent and that cranky parent and I'm not giving my kids, you know, the support that they need or um, my customers are complaining about me and people don't want to work with me um, and I'm getting these this bad uh, negative feedback, then that's a bit of a clue. A hundred percent. So, and I think, yeah, because I found myself, there's been times definitely I've been a lot, very snappy with my kids and then I you know, I just go to bed, just go, oh, I'm just over it, whatever, I need to walk away. And obviously during COVID that was a big challenging, like when <laughs> yeah. we were stuck at home and I'm, I, I worked out I, I'm not meant to be a stay-at-home mum uh, <laughs> or homeschool at all because uh, I need that break and I have, need to have that balance between my work and me and then and the kids and then I can be my best self. Um, and I guess as well it's that's where like the exercise or the meditation or those kinds of things come into it because because yeah managing emotions can yeah you, like by doing something physical or, or clearing your mind can really make a big difference can't it yeah 100 percent. i think um it's it's really about us turning our eyes inward in a way and looking at our patterns and our behavior the way we are interacting with people around us family friends extended family um people at work um it's looking at that and just and deciding you know, is there a lot of stress in my life and a lot of frustration and clashing? Um, am I struggling to manage those inevitable adversities, you know, those lows and, and um, of business that we all go through? So it's really looking at that stuff and just um, kind of being honest with yourself and thinking, are there some things that I can work on? Um, and you're right, things like meditation, um, all this, the actual deep, proper self-care things, which is not necessarily um, getting your nails done or, or those kind of things. It's setting, it's the inner work of setting boundaries. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a yes person. I'm a people pleaser. I need to start setting boundaries and saying no to things when I can't commit or if it fits in my timetable, but I know I'm going to be back to back all day and then I've got extracurriculars for my kids. Like it's looking inward and thinking, where can I make some changes to um, just like bring things a little bit more calmer? So heaps you can do. Yeah. And I've definitely been a lot more reflective lately when I caught myself, uh, like, what was it? It was I'd had a, um, a weekend away with hubby. Um, it was very nice. And I'm, I was feeling really chilled then it's almost like as soon as I walked back in the house, I started snapping again and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I try to like deep, deep dive into that. Why am I feeling that way? And I think it is like, you know, the clutter around the house and then straight away I'm feel like I'm taken for granted and the stories you tell yourself, right? And so I'm like, no, 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 step back. Does all that, does all that stuff really matter? Like think about how it's being received, you know, by my family. And those, pa- like you're right when you said that, um, the things like the clutter and stuff like that, that is as well, you get to know when you do a little bit of work on your emotional intelligence and just turning your eyes inward and looking, it's knowing, okay, my um, clutter around the house is a big trigger for me. Um, Noise is personally a trigger for me when the TV is blaring, the kids are arguing, the dog is barking, that just can make me flip. So knowing your triggers and there are patterns, like it might be, you know, your in-laws, every time you're at their house, you go, oh, God, I'm just graded. Like, what are your habits and your patterns 
because then, like we say, you, you start with raise, um, raising your self-awareness. You've got to be aware of your patterns and your emotions and your behaviours so that you can then manage them and work on them. So even just um, listing down some triggers and things that often bug you, might be from your kids or someone else or, or a place or an environment, listing them down so you have that, it's like that knowledge is power. Then you think, oh, now can I shift some of them? Can I um, change them in my calendar? Can I not go there every week? Do we have to go there every week? Um, how am I going to, you know, I can anticipate them when I feel, okay, I'm going to go to, you know, this client's place or whatever. How am I going to manage myself? What are some strategies? So it's just knowing and raising your awareness of those things, clutter, noise, like, so, and then managing them. And how do you manage them? I guess, so if, for example, like the kid is, uh, like your child's having a meltdown and you, and the meltdown and the, like the noise is getting to you, like what kind of things can you do to like, apart, well, you, like the thing is you, with kids though, you can't necessarily walk away, like you have to deal with it. So how <laughs> would you deal with something like that? Uh, as I mentioned before, like sitting down and giving them cuddle, but what are some ideas that parents can to do with their kids when they are having those meltdowns, mm. stressed out, rather than just yelling at them and making it worse? <laughs> yeah, well, there it, it's a it's an awesome question and it's a really common one that comes up. How do I deal with this? And I take a, and I say you've got to take a two pronged approach, like two avenues of um, one. We've got to work on the work starts with us as parents, and I know that's really um, sometimes frustrating and it's not the answer we want. And then the other half is what, how we can help our kids through those emotional times. So with the first part, and sometimes this is even the larger part, it's looking at what stuff triggers us, which is our kids crying or being loud or being defiant or saying no when you put dinner in front of them <laughs> or, you know, that kind of thing and thinking, how can I manage my own emotions so I'm not splashing them out on my kids and like getting in a cyclone or a power struggle? Because when we were, when we have that heightened like pitch and tone of voice and volume, and we say just hurry up and eat it, like that is that is creating that um, it's a yeah it's a cyclone kind of thing, and it spirals. So that is not helping the situation. So, uh, and I was just saying to a mum the other day, if we just bring that down, like our tone of voice, um, kids see a lot of that body um, language and the posture and the tone and the facial expression. So keeping ourselves calm will set the tone. So saying, hey, I can see you're really frustrated. What's up? Let's talk. So it's not the just come on, you know, so it's bringing it down, having a calm tone of voice and those kind of things. And also it's a bit of a mindset shift again. So that's with us that we have to not see those times of emotional expression as like a Oh God, here we go, <laughs> which is really hard not to do, but to, but to see that as like a, Oh, here's a time when I can connect. Here's an opportunity for me to connect and help my kids. So it's shifting your mindset, which helps us not get triggered because we start having that curious mindset. And when our kids are melting down or getting upset, we can go, Oh, all right, what can I do here? Here, here is an opportunity. So it, it's that, that half of our work. And then on the other hand, it's teaching our kids how to move through those emotional times because, you know, kids' brains are not fully developed till their mid-20s, so particularly for boys um, but girls as well. So that just, when I say that to parents, like I usually say it in the first session or two, and, and it just like breeds that compassion and understanding and tolerance and patience because you go, oh, they just can't do this yet. They're not in, like I said before, when kids can do well, they do do well. 
they're not intentionally having this disgusting meltdown. Yeah, they're not doing it to annoy you. It's like, <laughs> oh, why do you do this to me? Why are you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's right. We see the, their behaviour as they're triggering us. They're pushing our buttons. No, they're just going through this horrible, emotional, big event that they would rather be able to be like, okay, I'll have the cookie tomorrow, but they can't. <laughs> so, so it's up to us to, yeah, so we can help them by um, understanding a little bit about their um, their brains, the way it's developed, and really just the, the underdevelopment of a child's brain. Even if they're 10, 15 years old, they're still not. We can't treat them like adults. And, and I say to parents, um, they'll say, oh, I, you know, I told you this five times and you did it three times this week and I've told you off and you're doing it again. And I say, yep you do have to tell them five times they're going to do it again. And it's, you, you know, I'll tell them why I'll tell them a bit about the brain. Like on my, my class on the weekend, my masterclass, I went through a whole module about understanding kids, cognitive development and linguistic development, emotional development, and how just kind of how stunted it is. And then, um, in the moment we can help our kids with, um, validating and empathizing because that's all kids kids want as well as adults they want to be heard and understood so I'll say to my kids whoa I can see you're so angry right now you got red cheeks and you're stomping like I would feel that too if she took your toy or whatever it is so I empathize and validate and it's a quick little takes five seconds to say and but that just helps them go yeah like oh I am feeling this way and it's okay to feel that way you know emotions any emotion is fine they're all they're they're not good or bad um but then we, so we kind of empathize and validate what they're feeling in the moment quickly. Um, but then we set limits and boundaries. So if they're like kicking, I'll say, but, you know, that's okay. I get it. You're so angry. I would be too. But you do not hit or kick me or whatever it might be. And then, you know, sitting, sometimes it's hard holding that space for them and sitting with them in that moment. And if we're getting triggered, then it's okay to say, I need to come back. Um, you're safe or whatever it is, and I'll um, sometimes you need to, like, get out of the room, calm yourself and come back in so that you don't add to the cyclone. And then, you know, once they have calmed a little bit, do this is the last step that parents often forget. <laughs> it's helping them problem solve, you know, why they felt that way, what they can do about it. So, like, the cookie, you know, you said maybe we could have it tomorrow or the cafe wasn't open and that's why, and that really was frustrating. I get it. That sucked. Um, so it's problem solving and it's that's the cultivating the growth mindset for the kids to next time or, or down the track when they've practiced this and you've helped them enough, they can then think, well, okay, maybe next time I can or maybe I'll ask her with my words or maybe I'll study better for the test next time. Like breeding that, pro- let's work it out together. Do you want to do this or this? How can we solve the problem? So there's there's heaps you can do Um in those big meltdowns and things, but it does start with us managing our own uh, triggers. Yeah, so walk away if you need to for a couple of minutes to say, I'll be right back, <laughs> be breathing, and then go back and then deal with it calmly. And, yeah, just not think that they're doing it, you know, they're purposely being defined. I think it's that's not personal. Cool. Yeah, it's not a, um, what's it, that, like don't take it personally, yeah. um, even though it looks like it's directed at you, even though they might be saying, I hate you, you're the worst yeah. mom. No, they're just, they're emotional and they're lashing out and they're using that right, the hemisphere in their brain of emotion and behaviour and they're not using the left, which is your, their logic and their language and they're not rationally thinking in that moment. They're just, Rah! so so anyway, there's um, it's too much <laughs> to go in, yeah. but it's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. So on the other end of the spectrum, when, so they're having meltdowns, 
On the other end of the spectrum is the not listening part. That's one, I know it's one of my triggers because I feel like I'm not being appreciated if I'm not being listened to, right? Um, Both of my kids are doing this at the moment at home and at school and preschool. I would love to hear your thoughts about the not listening just in terms of instructions, in terms of you're just asking them a question and they just sidetracked or whatever. What are your thoughts on that and how you I mean, I'm just, I'm starting to get frustrated because it came yeah. in the, um, you know, one of the, the uh, teachers at pickup at preschool said, yeah, not listening today. She refused to, uh, we said, everyone sit in your seats and we'll call you one by one, blah, blah. And um, my youngest just stood up and refused to sit back down until she was called. Um, and so I, I got that report. And then pretty much the day, that day or the next day, the school report came home and my eldest is pretty much achieving everything and the one area is developing is listening to instructions and opinions of others. Mm-hmm. And so like, all right, this is obviously a key thing I have to work on, but mm-hmm. it's not the meltdown, it's just that lack of listening. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that kind of area? I know yeah. a lot of parents struggle with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, they do. They do so much that I actually wrote an article on it. Um, I'll share the link. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> when did my my beautiful assistant, Karen, would have, she put one up um, yesterday, and I don't know if it was a screen time one or a listening one. I think the listening one is already up. Anyway, <laughs> but it's so common. And, um, yeah, we have to remember that our kids, are, you know, if we look holistically at our kids, we think how old they are, what they're, how their brains are developing, um, what their understanding of why they do the right thing, like morality. And we we remember particularly for kids who are minor three and six, yours are four and seven, like very similar. And um, we have to remind ourselves that at that age, they are still heavily egocentric, right? So they they think they are the centre of their world and that things are for them. Um, and that that's why they have so much struggle with sharing and things like that, because I want it. So they, they don't have that theory of mind, which is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So for listening, you know, why we know logically as adults, it's kind and polite to listen to someone else because that makes the other person feel heard and validated and um, loved. And, and it's important to them that I listen. But for for kids, they don't have that ability to put themselves in mum's shoes so they don't see why we get so frustrated when they don't listen um so that's one thing just knowing that okay they haven't we need to continue to guide them and remind them why it's important um because they will not necessarily they don't have that um just intrinsic kind of feeling and knowledge of listening is polite and I'm going to do it because it benefits me kind of thing plus they don't have that um you know, those prefrontal cortex skill, like the higher order complex thinking of anticipating and problem solving. And if I don't listen, mum might put me in timeout, which is what happened last week. So I better listen this week. Like these are complex things. Even <laughs> even if it happens three, four times this week, they're not going to, they're still going to struggle, you know, understanding and, and just putting that linear logical sequence of events together. I don't listen. I get in trouble. Mum puts me in timeout. I don't get the cookie that I wanted. Um, or the dessert, like you can, it's logical to us. They don't have the the brain capacity, particularly, you know, five, 10 year old, like 10 year olds should, but those younger kids. So it's kind of raising your awareness around that stuff as well. 
managing again ourselves that we are we are going to have to remind them five times in a row and that is okay we need to get over that and just you know I do it record your voice record your voice (laughs) play it again right (laughs) I'm like I I'm human I get triggered I'm like oh my god and then I go Steph come on like she is three (laughs) um but you know some other really practical to go along with that practical strategies are um I am highly aware that if I talk to my kids whilst they're watching TV or playing, we don't have an iPad, but if we did, you know, um, on the iPad or on a screen or playing something really involved and engaging outside in the dirt, um, that is not the greatest time to shout across the room and say, Hey, come on, it's dinner time. What are they going to, what are they going to want to do kind of thing? So, and as well, we know kids, this is jumping back to the kind of brain science behind it. Kids brains are not yet able to shift attention as quickly and easily as an adult's um, and to be honest, there are times when I'm on my phone and I'll realize my son saying, mom, mom, mom. And I'll be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it is hard for our brains to cut off attention and shift to something else. Um, so I just make sure that if my kids are watching TV, I will, I'll take the extra time, 30 seconds and be like, oh, okay. I can see there's like, you know, two minutes left of the episode, or I'll let them finish that game. And then I'll ask them to come and put their shoes on. Um, or I'll say, go over and kind of rub their shoulder and be like, Hey buddy, um, we've got to go in about five minutes. Like instead of, you know, you want to set them up for success as much as you can, rather than having these expectations of, I think you should be able to do it. You did it last week. Um, or you understood and, but you're setting them up for failure every time and you're getting more frustrated and you shout at them. So it's a lot of little tiny strategies like that, picking your time and your moment, Um, and my son will, my son will say, Oh, can I do it after this show? And I used to be like, no, you do it now. when I ask, and I'm thinking, Oh shit. Like why am I, why is that little unconscious belief in there that I'm the adult? So you should do it when I say so. And, but there are times when I'm doing an email or something for work and I say, just give me to the end of the email, then I'll come. So it should work both ways. Right. So when he asked me that, not if he says, no, it's, it's not finished. I'm like, excuse me. Like I say redo. And that's a polite little way to say, can you ask me again politely? Um, but if he says, oh, can I just wait till this is finished in two minutes? Then I go, sure, buddy. That's fine. Like wh- why not? Why do we have to have that control over our kids? So lots of little things of picking your time and knowing how to communicate with your kids um, but understanding why they have a struggle to listen as well. Oh, I love that. It's very true. Yeah. Like, you know, dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. And like, no one comes to the kitchen. Hello, yeah. dinner. Like no one, including their dad, who's on the couch watching TV. Um, <laughs> that could be iPad or TV. Or nothing like, all right, well, I'm just going to eat by myself then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's usually this glue to the, the, the screen. Um, and yeah, I have to just go up and say, Hello. Uh, yeah, the other day we did do that um, negotiation with how much more. And I went and saw my it's 15 minutes more. Dinner's actually ready now. Mm-hmm. How about if you um, if you eat quickly and while Bath is running, you can watch the rest? Yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. Um, now, so a lot of these strategies could also apply in like the workplace, right? I want to just tie in that because, yeah, like leadership is just like parenting. Someone brought that to my attention the other day and I'm like, oh, I never really thought about, yeah. Um, it's not about having control over your staff, just like not having control over your kids. So I guess, yeah, what kind of ideas do you, like what strategies for improving work relationships do you have? 
All right. Well, first off, I would say I like that quote about the parenting and the and the, star and the team. That's 100%. Um, I think, you know, with our kids in the same way that we are being empathetic and understanding and um, kind and and teaching them all that stuff, if we embody that with our team and we um, get to know our, our team or our staff, get to know our customers and clients and, you know, treat them with that empathy, which really means, um, you know, kind of when we um, we look at people like customers who maybe give us a bad review or, or people who seem to be not be pulling their weight in our team and we get frustrated at them and we're like, oh, she, you know, she's... Um, she's last in in the morning and first out in the evening. Like we dehumanize people, right? And and we, we if there was someone um, doing, someone like our best friend doing those, um, you know, actions or coming in late or whatever, we would have that empathy. We'd say, well, maybe something's going on at home or, you know, she's usually really lovely. Um, you know, I'm not sure why she's not pulling her weight on this project. Let's have a chat with her. But the thing is, because we don't know people we're working with sometimes well enough, we dehumanize them and we think, oh, she's just lazy or she's just whatever. So it's about, um, I would say, get to know who's in your team and get to know your clients, like connect with them. Um, And when you have little bits of information about their family or their kids, like check in with that and say, oh, I remember your mum was in hospital. How's she doing? Or how's your kids um, recital last week? How'd it go? Because that, that doesn't that say to the other person, wow, they really care about me. They take an interest and they actively want to know about who I am and who's in my life rather than can I get this project done on time? So fostering those relationships and, yeah, it's 100% about, uh, you know, knowing other people, getting to know them and being aware of their emotions and what they're going through because they're human and and we don't all leave our our home life or our emotions at the door, we bring that stuff to work, you know, like if we're having a bad day, we're going to be a little bit off and we might miss a deadline or whatever it is. So take that time to get to know people and you'll, that that's that X factor. Definitely. Yeah. Cause like, it, it's like with kids, you assume that they're just being defiant. It's like you're assuming the staff are just, or all the customers are being painful because you know, they don't value you or something. But no, it's just a story that you're telling yourself, right? Like it's, they've got other stuff going on. Um, you know, the client just come back to me two months ago. She's like, oh, no, it's just oh, something's come up. Uh, no. And at the time, I'm like, oh, what are, I'm like, no, it hasn't wasted my time. But, you know, a little bit thought of it like that. Hmm. She came back and she goes, oh, sorry, um, I'm ready now. I, I had this stuff I had to deal with. Then I was on a holiday, but I'm ready to hit the ground running. And it's like, oh, like. It wasn't personal. There was this stuff going on in their world. Um, and I think we just, yes, let's forget that. Yeah, we got to kind of, um, I guess, humanise people um, and what they might be going through. Everyone's going through their own stuff, That whatever that saying is, but getting to know them and thinking, ah, oh, okay, it's probably most of the time it's not an attack on me or, or directed at me. People have their own stuff going on and they'll they'll come back to you down the track. I've had it happen where I think, oh, I've just given you, like I've just chatted with you for half an hour and giving you some ideas and some support and then you dropped off the face of the earth and then they come back to you and say, oh, my gosh, like this happened and I split with my husband or, you know, and now I'm ready, I need you. And I go, oh, I didn't know, like I fall in the trap too. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's um it's a lot of that. It's a journey of just reminding yourself, learning this stuff, and putting it into practice. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good to hear that even you you have these slip up slip ups. I I slipped up the word slip up. Um, (laughs) It's good to know that yeah, even you like um, you know your expertise, you still get caught up in those little traps of your mind. Yeah, Yeah. you've got hope. And how do you manage, I ask all my guests this, how do you manage your own health and wellness? Mm, Good question. Um, That's something that's kind of come up a lot for me lately, I think because of COVID as well, that everything's having to shift, um, as we know. So I am finding that I'm being intentional about finding ways because, oh, like, you know, your calendar can get so full and, and you don't want to say no to people sometimes, but you've got to, or I have to, actively and intentionally make time for doing things that kind of light me up and remind me what I love doing and who I am and what I'm good at and that kind of stuff. So I, I will make time, um, in my calendar. I haven't been as good this week and I've definitely noticed it. Um, I've, I've felt those feelings of a bit of burnout and I'm doing too much. So, um, definitely things like, I know people say meditating and it sounds like a buzzword, but to me, that is just having quiet time when the kids are not around or they're in bed and I just sit with my thoughts or I, or I put some music on um, and I just kind of check in with myself and I'm like, how am I going? How am I feeling? Like, how's my body actually feeling? Doing a bit of a body scan and thinking, am I packing too much in? Where can I make some space? And what are my intentions for um, the day or for the week? Um so being more intentional about it because otherwise you get caught up in the days and the weeks and your head hits the pillow at 10 o'clock at night and you think, what have I even done today? I'm so busy. So, yeah, a lot of that stuff is really important, I think. Yeah, 100% I agree, definitely. And the burnout thing, I started to feel that a bit. Had the um, a week off last week and then come out this week, I'm feeling so much better. And I think it is, yeah, saying, unable to say no to people and you cram up your diary and like, mm. I didn't have time to do that thing for me. And like, well. I've got to actually block it out. And that's one of my little strategies. I have to block out that time for my stuff or it just doesn't happen. Um, and, yes, um, how can people connect with you? Yeah, I would love people to. If they're if this kind of resonates with them and they think, oh, yeah, I, I, I can tell that I need to sort of make some changes because I'm just overwhelmed and I'm a snappy parent or I'm a bit frustrated and things are not going right, I'd love people to connect with me. And you can either do that through my website, which is stephaniepinto.com, um, you can also, I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot because I run a community called Let's Raise Emotionally Intelligent Kids. So I'm on there. You can join the group. I would love that because I'm always sharing info and tips and strategies. Um, find me on Facebook as well. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. So people can contact me there. Um, but I think the, you know, something really exciting is that I, every month I run a free meetup. I, a bunch, I release a bunch of free tickets for my online meetup and that is where parents can come together um, once a month and we share and talk about, um, I'll share a little bit of info on a different area of parenting and emotional intelligence and people can come along, grab a ticket and um, it's usually on a weeknight of an evening after the kids are in bed. So we just share information and um, get some insights and strategies. Uh, The last one I had just a couple of nights ago was on how we can create or build confidence and resilience in our kids. Um, and the week, the month before in July was on anxiety in kids. So it's always different, um, just sharing information. And I would love people to come along, join join the meetup group so you can see when each event comes out um, and grab a free ticket. 
Awesome. Oh, I definitely have to come along. I haven't been to one yet. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds really good because, like I said, I, I'm, I'm really being conscious of this journey now um, because I am, you know, I, I'm now working five days and so the time I have with the kids, I'm trying to make the most of it on the weekends and the evenings and not be that shouty, snappy parent whenever I am with them. So I would love any any advice I can get, especially when they no, they're not pressing my buttons. Yeah. Any messages that I need to connect with. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. That was brilliant. Uh, I'm sure there's many parents out there have uh, you've helped them out, or they've got more questions which they can now ask you in the Facebook group and things like that. So uh, all that, all those links will be in the show notes. So get on there. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Steph, and thank you to uh, you as a listener for tuning in. You can find the show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoy listening, please remember to subscribe and leave a rating and a review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. And if you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton. And if you want to learn about generating more leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. And until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.